Thank you so much. You can take a seat. I appreciate it. We always look forward to coming and being with you all in ministry as well as just in relationship. It's just been amazing. Um, let me just kind of give send some greetings for the girls. And then um, I, I mentioned something to Bryn, and I, I called Kim just a few moments ago. There's something that I've, I really, I don't know if I've ever done before, that because of our relationship with you all, I'm going to have you all speak declare over Kim prophetically here in just a moment. I'm going to call Kim. She's going to be on the phone with us, and I want you to do that. So uh, just quick update. So Shekinah says hi. She's in Orlando right now. Um, some of you know the ministry in Bradenton called The Front. Uh, John and Michelle Skorsky, wonderful ministry, wonderful people. We're honored to have ministered with them for several years. Well, there is a, a, a retreat going on over at Wakava Springs State Park in Orlando. And so Shekinah's over there, but she, she sends her greetings. They, it's, it's just been a phenomenal um, uh, a time with the Lord already. And then many of you have been praying for Kim. Uh, thank you so much for your prayers. It, it, it means something when uh, people are praying around the world, but uh, especially when those that we are connected with relationally. And, and Brian and Brandon, all of you, thank you because, you know, as we have traveled, you know, we, we get to connect with the body of Christ all over the world, but there are places where God puts a relational connection that is a kingdom connection for, for the years, for, uh, you know, for time and eternity. And we count you among, I mean, honestly, what's been coming up in maybe 37 years we've been traveling. And, and God has taken us to six continents and, continents and 40 nations, declaring the word of the Lord. And it's been, been a phenomenal time. But in that time, there's only really a handful of places that are family. And that we consider you not just family and place we come, but we consider you pastors in our lives. You all have a relational and spiritual authority in our lives. And we've talked about that. You've, you've uh, encouraged us. You've adjusted us when it's been needed. Anybody been adjusted by Pastor Brian and Brim? Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, thank you for all of that. But with that comes um, a spiritual authority as well to speak and to release. So some of you know that um, uh, Kim has been battling uh, physically for the last several months. So let me kind of lead into this, and then I'm going to call Kim and get her on the phone for a second. I'm, I'm holding on because she's watching the Chiefs try to win the game. All right, it's almost over. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes was injured in the first quarter. So uh, anyway, I, I, I didn't check during worship, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I checked after worship while y'all were greeting one another. Um, <laughs> so... Kim, as you know, is, is strongly prophetic. She is a seer, has dreams from the Lord, the voice of the Lord, angelic encounters, a lot of things. Over the last several months, something unique has been happening. She's been encountering Jesus himself in, in, a, in a much more tangible way, in, in dreams and visions and encounters. And, and it's, it's, it's an amazing thing um, where, where she's encountering not just angels, not just the voice of the Lord, but Jesus himself in, in these experiences. And something happened just a few months ago where in an experience of the Lord, the Lord said, Kim, you hear my voice, but now I'm going to open up the realm of all of your senses in Revelation. All right? Within the next couple of days, Kim lost all sense of taste. All right? And, and so uh, several things have been going on. We were in Canada in ministry. Kim uh, wasn't feeling well one night, skipped the service, uh, running a fever, et cetera. And she woke up the next morning with a little rash on the lower part of her left leg. We thought, well, you know, she just rubbed it raw, something going on. By the next night, her entire bottom of the left leg was black, blue, and purple and swollen. Uh, the churches we were with, a wonderful apostle, King Gill, and his network up there, uh, but as that many nurses in the church had looked at it and said, we need to get you to the emergency room. And what they uh, diagnosed was cellulitis. And we didn't know really a whole lot, a lot of cellulitis was. But basically, it's staph and or strep infection that gets into some minor little cut. And as they were treating her, they were talking about the tissue being necrotic, which means dying. Kim is, um, Kim, I won't say is because that's not our identity. Kim uh, has been diagnosed with diabetes. 
And that is very, uh, cellulitis can be very dangerous when you have diabetes. People have lost uh, limbs and, and even died. Uh, getting into that. And so it was, Kim had great faith, but it was when she heard the doctor say the word necrosis, meaning dying tissue, that fear hit her. And uh, she felt the Lord say, Kim, put your hand on your, on your leg. She put her hand on her leg, felt the, the, uh, the, the fever, the, the swelling, everything else. And then the Lord said to her, feel the prayers. And, uh, and, and so things began to happen. Well, we are, uh, now she's past that. Thankfully, she has been healed. The, 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 um, the cellulitis is gone. But where part of it came from, some of the fear and everything else, in 1989, we were in Brazil in ministry. We were sleeping in hammocks out in the middle of the forest. You all that know Kim know she's a prissy, you know, all this other stuff. And yet we were sleeping in hammocks with bats flying over our head and, you know, snakes around and taking showers outdoor little cubicles with lizards and, you know, anyway. And so Kim's been a trooper all through the years, having machine guns pulled out in communist nations and sleeping outdoors. But she got bit by a poisonous spider in 1989. It put staph and strep infection in her leg. It became a flesh-hating virus that was going down into the leg. I had to literally carry her onto the plane. And by the grace of God and the intervention of doctors, her leg was saved and she was okay. And so that experience tried to come back. Uh, in, 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 you know, threat. Anyway, what has happened, even though the cellulitis is now over, she was on five weeks of antibiotics, including a week and a half of IV antibiotics. And any of you that know the effect of antibiotics, it can just really destroy, mess up the internal, what they call the microbiome of that. So several things are going on. Um, so she is hyper-fatigued, and she's had no taste since Thanksgiving. And uh, so uh, numerous things. One, the cellulitis. Two, the diabetes. Three is the effects of the, um, uh, the antibiotics. Four, because of the antibiotics, there's internal gut candida, uh, that kind of thing. And then she was on a medicine called Ozempic. It's a new medicine for diabetes. And her number, in five weeks, her numbers dropped drastically, wonderfully. Lost 20 pounds without doing anything. But all of a sudden, all this, so there are several things happening all at once. And about a year ago, we all had a mild case of COVID, got past it, but potential of effects of long COVID that she's dealing with, as well as she had mononucleosis a few years ago, and some of that is trying to kick back in. So anyway, there's numerous things. Now, here's the way we're putting this, is this is not life-threatening, but it is life-limiting. And God has called us, as you know, as a family. And, and so what, what I, I felt, and I'm going to call Kim here real quick. By the way, uh, the Chiefs won. Anyway, I'm going to call Kim. <laughs> and here's, here's, what, here's what, what we have been praying. We have felt the Lord say to pray this. Kim, you there? All right, great. Um, so I've been telling them a little what's going on, and I'm going to share what uh, we, we talked about a moment ago. So one of the things that we have been praying for Kim is from Scripture, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when I posted something the other day about this on Facebook, I got some of that report back that that is the word of the Lord to Kim. And then the second thing is we were worshiping the joy of the Lord is our strength. The two things that Kim is dealing with right now are hyperfatigue and a lack of taste. So I'm going to ask you, you all prayed, thank you. But I ask you, I'm going to ask you to prophetically apostolic it out of relationship because you as a people and you as leaders have spiritual authority in our lives. And so Bren and or Victoria or, or Pastor Brian, one, of, one or more of you come. And, and, and this doesn't have to be a long prayer. <laughs> How many of you know when we speak the word of the Lord, it's released? This is scripture, but I believe it is also, and I've never done anything like this. I, I shared it with Brand; it got the okay. Uh, but would you all take while Kim is, is listening, and would you prophetically, apostolically decree and declare, taste and see the Lord is good, physically as well as what God spoke to her, that the revelational realm of the senses are being opened, and the joy of the Lord is going to be strength, and God's going to restore strength so we as a family can run to the nations. So. Amen. Yes, Amen. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
We love you, Kim. Yes, Kim, we love you. We I'd like Victory you. to stand to your feet tonight. Just stretch your hand towards, actually, you're facing north, so this is perfect. Stretch your hands towards Virginia to the north right now. There's no distance, there's no time, there's no space between us right now. I want you to begin to decree the healing wonders of Jesus manifesting Kim's body yes. right now. Yes. Go ahead, Brent, then I'm going to go. Kim, right now we just speak yes, joy okay. into your life. Yes, Lord. Jesus, and we declare that it, the joy of the Lord is your strength. We bless you, Father. We ask that you just put on her the, your joy, Lord, your joy, your strength, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. And we just declare right now, we say taste and see that the Lord is good. Yes. You have drank of his goodness. You have received his goodness. And Hallelujah. we just declare more upon you, the tasting of the Lord. Father, we declare right now that her taste buds are coming back yes. to normal in yes. Jesus' name. Lord, that you are restoring that to her body. You are bringing alignment of all things into her body right Hallelujah. now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it and we give you glory. Yes. In Jesus' name. Father, you are good to your daughters. Yes. You are the best to your daughters. This is a beloved one. This is a cherished one. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Kim Klein, be healed now. Be healed in the name of the Lord that the healing wonders of Jesus manifest in your body May the virtue of Jesus flow through you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Raise you up in the power of the Spirit. We rebuke every attack off of you now and proclaim you to be the healed of the Lord. And we lift up the banners of victory and triumph over your life. Right now, in Jesus' name, lift up a shout over Kim tonight. Come on, lift it up right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Kim, we love you. We love you. We bless you. Amen. Thank you all so much, Kim. They love you. I do too. Talk to you later. <laughs> Guys, thank you. you. You can't get away with that in some churches, <laughs> but you all can. Uh, look, turn to Exodus chapter 3 uh, for a moment, if you would. Let me catch you up on a few things um, that are going on ministry-wise. You know, by the way, uh, Shane was talking about if you're not registered to vote um, yet, become a registered voter so you can sign this. And so I thought, I wonder if I could register to vote in Florida, even though I live in Virginia. Then I thought, eh, I'm not a Democrat, so... Why not? (laughs) So coming up um, May the 5th, Kim and I will have been married for 39 years. And been a a wonderful, uh, uh, just a wonderful journey. I told you as well that um, in May will be 37 years now that we have been in ministry and God is so faithful. Let me tell you a little bit of what's happening in the nations. I think the last time we actually had a chance to preach while we were with you in August. And by the way, I, you know that, that song, um, Let Your Glory Fall in This Room. That was one of our main songs back in the 90s. And, and ever since the conference, every time, I mean, I listen to it nearly every day and every time before we go to service. That, yeah, I, I love that. But... Um, I don't think we've had a chance to really share uh, corporately since January last year a little bit what's going on. So over the last year or so, we've connected with a ministry in Pakistan um, that does, it's a satellite TV ministry, and I vetted the leadership in the ministry through a good friend of mine that's worked with Heidi and Roland Baker for probably 15 or 20 years now and has worked with this gentleman as well. And so over the last bit of time, we've been doing online ministry in Pakistan. Some remember the story in the testimony of Shekinah. I was actually in Pakistan when Kim found out she was pregnant with Shekinah. And so the apostle we were working with over there, um, he, he jokes with us every time we see him. He said, Jesus can't come back till Shekinah preaches in Pakistan. 
Uh, so if Jesus hasn't come back, it's our fault. She kind of hasn't been to Pakistan yet. But uh, those doors are opening again. So over the last year, I've been doing some pastor's conferences online and some crusades, evangelism. And so I did a couple of pastor's things where we encourage, we challenge the, le- the leadership there in the nation. Then we did a village uh, evangelistic outreach. It's about 50 people in a little village hut with a big computer screen, and I preached the gospel. And so towards the beginning of June, I believe it was, I had opportunity to uh, address a larger crowd. So what they did, they went into an area of Pakistan that is uh, under Taliban control. There are terror training camps there. It is not safe for them to gather a crowd of people for more than a day. Typically when you do mass crusades, you try to have three, four, five days or more uh, and have an opportunity to present the gospel over and over. But it was not safe for them. So they expected a few thousand. They ended up with over 20,000 people in a field. And, and so I had an hour to preach the gospel through an interpreter to them. And so they put these giant movie screens, I mean giant, like you see in a theater, all over the place with my face filling the whole screen. <laughs> and they didn't run away. I mean, that's when you don't want high def you know, cameras. And I had the chance. And so I preached a very simple message on, from the Pearl of Great Price. That no matter what you think the riches of this world will satisfy, there's a treasure that nothing in this world can satisfy, and that's Jesus. But to obtain the pearl of great price, you've got to sell. I know words, repent, turn away from the dependence on the things of this world and accept Christ. And then uh, gave the altar call and then prayed for the sick, released the power of God. The team from this uh, uh, satellite TV network, they were there. They actually got caught and, and uh, in the city for a few days because of political protests and violent protests that were going on. But they had opportunity to follow up. Now, if you ever have an opportunity to do, you know, mass crusade type of thing, the reality is a lot of people will pray a prayer. Only God knows their heart. And so I want to be careful, and in all that, just instead of reporting thousands are saved, the reality is that, you know, everybody's making a step towards the Lord, and I rejoice in every step people make toward the Lord. But they really, after about three days of, of, of follow-up, they said over 18,000 people prayed to give their lives to Jesus in that one day. I mean, it just... And then they said, when, when you release the power of God in the name of Jesus, they said over 70 people that had been brought in on wheelchairs, uh, stretchers, crutches, canes, left them, got up, and were walking and running, healed by the power of Jesus. Over 40 people that had visible tumors on their body, the tumor either fell off or dissolved and disappeared. And over 200 people were screaming as demons were being driven out of them in the name of Jesus and received deliverance. I mean, it's just astounding. And now what they're doing is they're planting house churches. It's not safe to build a building over there and have a church, but they are planting house churches now. And so it's just phenomenal the opportunities that are out there to spread the gospel. So this particular uh, leader has, been, has asked uh, us to come to Pakistan in the latter half of the year. Now we're asking God for direction. We don't want to go just because there's an opportunity. We want to be sent. But uh, we're trusting God is going to direct that to go over and do pastors' conferences and, and evangelism uh, outreaches. Another thing that has happened, back several years ago, we took teams to India. Uh, pastors' conferences, we took small teams. And then a few years ago, we took a team of 30 from England, from Malaysia, and across America to an area of India that had not had the gospel in modern history. Uh, it's about three hours outside of Hyderabad, India, an uh, area called Miralaguda. And those 60 villages, a Western evangelism team had tried to reach in and had been beaten by a Hindu mob and run out of town. And so we took 10 doctors and nurses along with medicine and, and, and equipment that, that hospital sent over. They went into the village and started treating the people. The non-medical team went in with food and soccer balls and different things and, and started playing. And then they started laying hands on the sick. And people were being healed. Then they invited them to come. to. We rented a, a, a soccer field, a football field. And we, we also hired 150 tractors and drivers with trailers. 
They would go into the 60 villages and bring people out. The first night there was, I don't know, 17 or 18,000. The final night there was about 35,000 people in the field. And again, by the power of Jesus, signs and wonders where uh, leprosy was healed, AIDS was healed. Uh, a 12-year-old, I've got a, I think it's somewhere on Facebook still, a 12-year-old deaf mute boy was instantly healed. The doctors tested him, and he could hear and speak after having never heard it spoken. And this ministry, uh, they, they, uh, they had Bible college students ready. They started 22 churches the next Sunday. And now that entire region has been transformed. There are orphanages, Bible colleges, nursing homes, uh, uh, outreach to uh, red light district, and, you know, prostitution, all this other stuff. God is transforming a region because of the power of the gospel. And so uh, Suresh, the guy I worked with, he, called, he got a hold of me about two months ago. It's been a while since I've been over there. And he said, Russ, right now uh, the Hindu government in India is very oppressive. It's not safe to draw large crowds. He said, but would you come in the second half of 2023 and do regional pastors' conferences and village uh, crusades? And so, again, it's one of the things we're praying about. And then I'm going to give you one more report that's going to lead into the message. Um, two months ago. Yeah, two months ago, I was in Ireland. And so we've been going to Ireland since 93 in ministry. And I work with a great apostolic leader over there named Peter Finch. And so Peter has recently joined with a, um, a Christian businessman, wealthy guy, who has a heart for the broken, a heart for uh, addicts. And what they're doing is they're reaching out and seeing people in addiction, people uh, broken, people that are homeless, not only find Christ, but they are then giving them coaching and training from a business, kingdom business standpoint, so they're getting jobs. They're being able to transform their lives. And then they wanted to plant them into churches, but unfortunately some of the churches there either don't want them or don't know how to assimilate people that have lived in those lifestyles. So they're actually, at an apostolic ministry, they're beginning to plant new churches that, um, where these people are welcome and part of what's going on. And so uh, Peter got a hold of me, and he said, our ministry needs a prophetic presbytery. And so they asked me to come over and lead a presbytery. So I had a, an Irish prophet and a Spanish prophet join me. And we had presbytery, and I had opportunity to minister to several, including two young leaders that are in a movement that has rejected much of the prophetic and apostolic, but they are hungry for a move of God. And they, uh, God is beginning uh, to bring it where we are seeing a fathering anointing come forward. And it's about time. I'll be 60 in a couple of months. Uh, but we're, we're beginning to see uh, these things in the nations. And so thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your giving. Not only when we're here, but gifts that, that you sent. Look, we, we love you all. We appreciate it. And, and the reality is, even if you stay back with the stuff, Scripture says, you have a part in every soul that's saved, every life that's, that's changed. And so Kim and Shekinah and I are praying, God, what do you have for us so that we can be... Um, Balance, getting our health in order, but also being able to be released to the nations, which is part of our call. But while I was in Ireland, um, a, uh, an Irish worship song started going over and over in my mind, and it was, These Are the Days of Elijah. Y'all remember that song? That came out of Belfast. Actually, we, we got to preach in that church in Belfast where Robert Mark was the worship leader. Back a few years ago. And so that, that song starts stirring in my heart. These are the days of Elijah. Um, righteousness. What was it? These are the days of Elijah. Preparing the way of the Lord. Uh, and, and these are the days of your servant Moses. Righteousness being restored. And I felt the Lord saying that we are entering into a fresh season of the fire of God as per Elijah and Moses. Now, I'm not going to take time to go in the story of Elijah. I love that story. I have since I was 17 years old and was given a book called The Elijah Task, A Call to Today's Prophets. And, you know, I'm just ready for an Elijah to be released on, on Capitol Hill or wherever. But um, there's a whole lot you could do there. I love the story of Elijah. But I want to share out of the story of Moses a message called The Bush is Still Burning. So Exodus chapter 3, I'm not going to take time to read all of it. I want to honor our time together and have some time for ministry. It says, now Moses came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire and did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight. 
why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. For the place you're standing is holy ground. Then God said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing in milk and honey, home of the Canaanites, etc., etc. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. One of the things I feel the Lord is, is stirring is this. We are about to see deliverance, but not just, and thank God for casting out demons and, and all of that of individuals and seeing freedom come. But I believe there is a, um, a, a dimension of deliverance that's going to set free a people. But God is looking for people like Moses who will set a turn aside from the normal mundacity and, and mediocrity of normal life to encounter a fresh fire of impartation of the Spirit of God. So let's step back just for a moment before this story and figure out um, what is the setting of this. Israel, who are the people of God, blessed by God, called by God to go in and possess a land and that God would use them to bless the nations of the earth. Instead of living in the blessing of God, the favor of God, and the authority that God had given them, they were enslaved in the land of Egypt. And they were under a demonic power for the Egyptians served demons. They had multiple different names of God. Their governmental leader, Pharaoh, thought he was a little God, that somehow he should have the authority of a God. And somehow, can you imagine this? A governmental leader that thought that the people ought to obey him? A governmental leader that is so deceived, thinking they're a demigod, and that nobody can question them? Can you imagine a governmental leader like that on earth today? And then they were in a culture that was demonized, and their whole culture was formed around a demonic deception. And so in that place of being enslaved in the land of Egypt, the enemy was trying to destroy and to steal from the people of God four things I want to look at for a moment. Number one, the enemy wanted to steal the identity of the people of God. Israel, among all the nations on earth, was set apart. The thing that was different about Israel was that they belonged to the Lord. And that was their identifying mark. But Pharaoh in Egypt wanted to strip them of their uniqueness. What was the main expression of that uniqueness? That they could serve God and sacrifice to the Lord. But they were no longer allowed to do that in that culture and under that governmental system. There are demonic powers working through cultures and governmental systems to rob the people of God of our unique identity. Our identity is not based on the color of our skin. It's not based on how we vote in the ballot box. Our identity is not based on what denomination we belong to now or in the past. We have an identity, and that is that we are the body of Christ, sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. But the culture is trying to steal that identity and make us divided where we have an identity that is based on deception. Even in the church system, we have an identity based on a calling and a gifting. Somebody introduces you, oh, they're a prophet, they're an apostle, they're a pastor. That is not your identity. Your identity is who you are in God. A son or a daughter. Brian used the word earlier with Brand. He said you're a treasure. You realize that you are a treasured possession of Jesus. The Father loves you. He treasures you. He cherishes you. He created you the way he wants you to be. Yes, we have sin. We have the effects of that. But as we allow the Holy Spirit to work on our life, he makes us into the image of what he has formed us to be. And so the enemy is trying to steal the identity of the church, which is why it's so important, some of the revelation of sonship, number one, and number two of the ecclesia. This is part of establishing identity of who we are. 
For sake of time, let's move on. Not only was Pharaoh in Egypt trying to steal the identity, but he wanted to steal the vitality of the people of God. Scripture says that one of Satan's strategies is to wear out the saints of God. And think think what happened. Anytime Israel said, let us go and worship the Lord, what did Pharaoh do? He would increase their workload so that we'd be so tired and worn out, they would not try to throw off the shackles of bondage and be unique going after and worshiping the one true God. And so the enemy today is trying to wear us out, whether it's just being war-weary of the battle that's going on, whether it's physical weariness, whether it's just being weary of hearing all that's going on and saying, I just want to hide. I don't know if you've ever been in this place where I want to just shut everything else out and not hear any news, anything, just let me get about my life. And the enemy wants to wear out, to steal our identity, to steal our vitality. Number three, the enemy wants to steal our destiny. We have not only individual destinies in God, we have a corporate destiny. For victory, a church of his presence, I believe you need, and you probably do it, vision nights, other things, you need to codify and identify what is the destiny of this house. So you know where you're going. If you don't have a, 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 an idea of the, the, the direction you're headed, we're not going to know how to get there if we don't know where we're headed. And you are not called to do everything that is out there, but there's a uniqueness that God's called you to do individually and corporately. But the enemy wants to steal your sense of destiny and make it feel where you are just trying to survive the moment. We are not trying to survive until things change in the governmental realm. God has called us to possess the land. That is our destiny. The kingdom of God being manifest. And then again, for sake of time, let me move on. Not only identity, not only vitality, not only destiny, but the enemy is trying to steal our legacy. And that goes to what Shane and Brent were talking about earlier. You see... Pharaoh and Satan inspiring Pharaoh knew, I may not be able to do much with these Israelites that are alive now. I can just try to enslave them and wear them out. But if I can destroy the next generation, then I've got them because they will never have anybody willing to arise. And so what did the enemy do? He issued an edict to destroy the male children two years old and under. Same thing happened. The same spirit That came about when Jesus was born. And again, the king tried to destroy children. Obviously, it's the same uh, spirit that was behind abortion and still. So we need to fight for a life in every dimension. Not just because, yes, that child from conception is a human being. But also because God has purposed that child. And that child, the next generation is going to be the ones that are going to solidify the ground we take. And going to take it to the nations. And so the enemy wants to destroy the legacy. But catch what happened with Moses. Even though uh, God gave his mom wisdom to hide him in the basket and the bulrushes, you know the story. He was found by who? Pharaoh's daughter. Where was Moses raised? He was raised in Pharaoh's palace. Pharaoh was a demonized king. Hear this. The deliverer of the people of God was raised in a demonic system. But you know what God did? He made sure his mom had access to him because no matter what demonized deception was being fed to him, his mom was able to tell him the truth. You get where this is going, right? No matter how much your children and grandchildren are exposed to a demonized system, you have the authority to keep them from being deceived, from being captive, and to give them truth about who they are. Continue to fight like Bren and others have been doing for the school board and all that. Continue to fight for that deception to be brought down. But understand, even if they're in a demonic system, they do not have to be captive to that system. And so the enemy wants to steal these things from us, but God desires to restore. So let's look at the story before Moses encounters the burning bush. 
We know that Moses, through his mom, had a sense that he was different. He was not an Egyptian. He was a Jew. He was an Israelite. And he was incensed by the slavery and the, the uh, oppression going on among his people. So he saw the Jewish slave, the Israelite slave, being beaten by an Egyptian taskmaster. And he was angry. He was incensed. So he rose up in passion as a deliverer to kill the Egyptian and set the person of God free. Can I tell you, his passion, without a plan, led to a mess. There are a lot of people in the body of Christ that are incensed by the evil around us. That if we're not careful in operating in the wisdom and strategy of God, we're going to end up messing things up, and it was for an entire generation. I've been a part of meetings, and I know what it is to be so angry at what's going on around us. We scream, we holler, and we, we post things on the Internet, and it ends up. We think we're standing for righteousness, but because we're not listening to the timing of God and the heart of God, it ends up destroying what witness we could have had. And so Moses, being led by passion but without a plan, had to flee. And an entire generation, not only was Moses' um, uh, personal destiny delayed for 40 years, so was the freedom of Israel. Do you know when we operate out of our own ability, out of our own passion, out of our own skill, out of our own opinions, that it affects not just you, but the people God sent you to? We have got to stop being so selfish that we are motivated by passion alone. It's got to be passion with a plan. It's got to be a wisdom and revelation together. So Moses is on the backside of the desert. And he finds a wife. What does the Bible say happens if you find a wife? What do you find? You find a good thing. He had a wife. He had kids. He had a job. I remember hearing some preacher preaching to singles. And he said, guys, if you want a wife, first thing you do is get a job. Anyway. <laughs> he had a wife, he had kids, he had a job. God was blessing him, God was taking care of him, but he had settled for mediocrity. God's plan for you is not just to pay the bills. God's plan for you is not just to slide into heaven. God's plan for you is not just to come to church, scream, holler, blow shofars, wave banners, all that's good. But God's got a purpose and a destiny for your life and for you as a church that goes beyond just normal life. So Moses, oh, let's step back. God said, I've heard the cry of, of, of pain of my people. Here's something that hit me when I was studying this. My destiny is tied to the people God sent me to. God is waiting to hear the cry of a city saying we need freedom. Do you believe that cry is beginning to arise in our nation? I believe as we get to go to the nations, I see across the board people are crying out for freedom. They think it's political freedom, economic freedom, cultural freedom, whatever it is. They don't recognize the freedom that their heart yearns for is the freedom of Christ. But they are crying out for freedom. And because God cares about the people we are sent to, God is about to light a fresh fire to empower his church to be the instrument of deliverance. So Moses is going about in his mundane mediocrity, and he sees a bush, and it's on fire. Now, the Bible says what caught Moses' attention is the fact that the bush was not burning up. Hear this. Moses was in the desert. The desert is hot. And guess what? Bushes catch on fire in the desert. It's not enough to be passionate. There are a lot of flames trying to draw people's attention. There are a lot of causes a lot of flaming voices. And people are turning aside, but they're listening to deception. They're listening to a false fire and a strange fire. What set apart the flame of God is it did not destroy the brush that was on fire. Can I tell you something? The fire of God will not burn you out. You see, there are people who say, I'd rather burn out for God than anything else. But you know what? That's not really a biblical thing. 
God has not called us to burn out because the fire of God will strengthen us. He had to burn away the sin, but the fire of God doesn't destroy. But any other cause, any other cause on earth will cause the people to be destroyed. So Moses said, there's a flame. Bush isn't burning. Let me see what's going on. He turned aside from his normal life to encounter and see what this fire was. If we're going to receive a fresh touch of the fire of God, empowering us to be a deliverer, we've got to turn aside from the normalcy of life. That doesn't mean you quit your job. That doesn't mean you quit taking care of the bills. Have you ever met people that are so spiritually minded that they're no uh, earthly good? But you and I have got to encounter a fresh touch of the fire of God. And in that place, God revealed himself to Moses as the God of the generations. And he said, I've heard the cry of my people, and I am empowering you and sending you to bring deliverance. I believe we're in a time when we've got to turn aside from the normalcy of life and encounter a fresh fire of God. Why? Because the enemy has been stealing our identity, our vitality, our destiny, and our legacy. And there's a city, there's a nation crying out for freedom. But it's going to take a Moses. It's going to take somebody that knows what it is to be set aflame with God. And Moses had all his excuses. I can't speak well. I can't do this. I can't do that. God is not interested in our excuses. He wants our obedience. Because it's not our strength and our power. It's not our personality. It is the gifting of God. It is the flame of God in us. And what we want to do tonight, and again, I, I, I felt we wanted to share about Kim and what's going on, about the missions, and have you all do that. So I wanted to bring down the message a little bit in time and hit the key points. So forgive me for that. But what I desire to do, what I believe God desires to do, is let us encounter again the fresh fire of God. There's an invitation. If I saw online, right, I've tried to catch some of, of Brian's sermons. If you all had a, a fire tunnel the other day, didn't you? See, I, I, I was thinking, maybe we ought to do a fire tunnel. But um, I love those kinds of things. But see, encountering the fire of God is not just a corporate thing. It's personally setting aside that which distracts us, that which keeps us back to encounter a fresh fire. So what we're going to do is this. There are a few things the Lord was stirring in my heart during worship that I was jotting down. I want to speak these over our pastors and over the house. And then pastors are going to come give you an opportunity to give. Thank you. You all have always been so generous to us, and, and we appreciate it from our, from our own lives to, to our, our ministry and missions and, and all of that. Um, but then what we're going to do is the ministry team, after the love offering, is going to come with me. And we want to pray with you that God release a fresh fire. And out of the fire that you hear the voice of the Lord, that you have a specificity in 2023, what it is God's calling you to do. Who is it that God's sending you to? Who is crying out for freedom, for victory, for deliverance, that God's saying, I need you to be the man or woman of fire I'm sending to them. So here's what we're going to do. Pastor Brian and Brent, can you all come stand here just for a moment? And if it's okay, I'm going to share some of these things that I've written down, and, and then we're going to, to pray. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, Pastor, you shared uh, that um, you all met 31 years ago today at a surprise party. Um, I said something to you jokingly uh, earlier. I said, um, uh, and you were her surprise present. But the thing during, during worship, what I felt the Lord say is you and the church are entering a season of surprises. And the surprises, I felt the Lord saying a few things. One, they're going to be tokens of his pleasure and favor. I know you all through relationship, and, and you all have been blessed. God has given you tokens. But I, I sense the Lord saying there are um, tokens that are going to be, how do I put this? They're going to have a prophetic message. 
I don't know that some of the blessings and tokens of God's favor and blessing in the past and pleasure have, have necessarily had a message. Maybe they have. But I sense the Lord saying that you're moving into a time where personally there are going to be tokens of the pleasure and favor of your dad. But they're going to be a sign of, of the time. When I was in Germany several years ago, um, the, uh, the, the prophets in Germany, they gave me a, uh, a cuckoo clock. Now, I don't know if that's because I'm cuckoo, but they said it was because it was the time of God for me in that season. And I just sense it's going to be that kind of thing, and they're going to be surprises, but not just for you all, for this house, for this church. Um, I, I don't want to prophesy that it's a building because that's my desire, and I don't want to, you know, say something God may not have said to me, all right? But I'm believing that God is going to bring surprises. But then it was interesting. I saw a vision of a jack-in-the-box. And, you know, uh, you do the, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, okay. And that, that thing pops up. Some people, it frightens them. And I felt the Lord saying, and you know how I say this, because Prophecy is not negative. It also lets us know those some of the things that the enemy might want to do so we can be prepared. I felt the Lord say this, that the enemy also has some surprises. He wants to pull on you. But here's the thing. You will not be afraid. I saw in the vision the thing pop up, and you laughed. No matter what surprises the enemy wants to bring, it will not put fear. But you and you will laugh in derision because the enemy is defeated. He's a roaring lion with no teeth. And so, one, I felt the Lord say that it's going to be a season of surprises of the blessing, pleasure, and favor of the Lord, long-term things you believe for, and short-term. There will be attempts of the enemy to surprise, but you will laugh. There will be no fear. I also sense the Lord saying that there's going to be anointing of deliverance, but my sense is that this is not going to be something that's going to overtake and try to redefine, or what, what's the word I'm looking for? Usurp. There's a fresh deliverance coming, but it will not usurp the identity of who you all are. Um, interesting. Um, and and uh, Shane and, and any others that are specifically involved in leadership of the evangelism outreach. Can you come stand with us? Uh, Shane, any others that you're involved in the evangelism um, outreaches of, of this, this, this body? And I want to share this to you guys. Back several years ago, John Paul Jackson, you probably know who he was. John Paul Jackson was one of the Kansas City prophets back when Kim and I were being trained under the Kansas City prophets back in the 80s and 90s. John Paul called me out. And he, uh, he said several things. He said, first, he said to Kim, he said, he said, see that guy standing next to you? He said this to my wife. He pointed at me. He said, that guy standing next to you, God's given you a lot of patience for that man. In front of 800 people, that was the word of the Lord. <laughs> it's like, thanks, God. But here's what John Paul said. He said to me, you're going to be standing before thousands of people, and Thousands are going to come to the Lord. Signs and wonders, he said, but you will not be ministering as an evangelist, but you will minister as a prophet. I had no clue what that meant. What I believe the Lord is saying is the evangelism of this house is going to come through the mantle of the apostle and prophet. Yes, the evangelist. We need that. We value that. We honor that. But it's not just going to be get people saved. Remember this, to the story I used with India? 10,000 people got saved in India, but a whole region was changed. The member of parliament and the chief of police, both Hindu, stood on a platform in front of tens of thousands of people and said this. They said this, quote, we Hindus believe in millions of gods, but there's only one true God, and I declare Jesus is Lord over Mira Laguda. The member of parliament and chief of police said that. Souls will be saved, but it's going to be under a mantle to bring the kingdom and actual transformation in the community. And I felt the Lord say to you all as a body and as a church and, and, and pastors is this. Um, there's fresh confrontation coming. But it was interesting. It was not confrontation coming against you. It was you with the spirit of David running to the battlefield. 
Israel's army, they ran when Goliath came, but David didn't wait for Goliath. He ran to meet Goliath. There is an anointing and a challenge. Do not sit back in your comfort and wait and see if the enemy attacks. Run to the battlefield. And the Lord says this, there is fresh confrontation for you to confront powers. The, Lord, the way the Lord put it, I wrote it down, you're going to confront rulers it's spiritual, but it's also natural. You will confront, not just you individually, you all will, our pastors, our leaders, but as a body, there's going to be time of confronting rulers in the spirit realm as well as in the natural realm. But I heard the Lord say, just like with Moses, I'm going to confirm it with signs. You will not be a body that is just led by the words you speak, but by the demonstration of power. And my, I, I, I hear in, in my spirit, it's, look, healings are awesome and wonderful. They're signs. The miracles are God's dinner bell for salvation. We love that. But there are going to be miracles that are beyond and not just physical healing. They're going to be economic miracles. I, they, they, you all know that the authority God's given you in a region is to bless the region. As you confront leaders, rulers, you're going to be able to speak like Elijah certain things and it will happen and the people will see. It's not just a healing, as great as they are. There are going to be miracles in the, the realm of, of economics, of, of government, of, of culture. So God, we thank you for the days that are ahead and for what you are doing. Um, I, I sense the Lord saying, there is, I'm going to, you are going to become even more a burning bush that other people are going to turn aside and see. Get ready because there are going to be a multitude of people that say, oh, I've heard about that Victory Church, but there's something burning there. And they're going to turn aside to see. And I sense the Lord saying, I wrote it down here, God's going to locate you geographically and circumstantially to be the burning bush for the people he sent you to. So, Lord, we thank you. Stand to your feet, if you would, congregation. Stretch your hands toward our pastors, toward, uh, toward them as well. And we're going to pray for the, the touch of God. Lord, for... Shana and Janique, right? Um, Lord, we pray that God, the, the, yes, the anointing of evangelists would arise. But, Lord, it would also operate under that mantle of the apostolic and the prophetic. God, give them clarity where they're going to make their stand and let them and those with them be a burning bush for people that are desperate. People coming and coming aside and not just hearing the words you speak and say, what's that commotion? But there's going to be something about the fire, the presence of God. And we were singing a song earlier, let the, the, the coal of fire touch our lips. There's going to be a fire issuing out of your mouth in a greater way. It's not just going to be a fire of emotion, which is awesome, wonderful, nothing wrong with. But there are going to be words you speak that are going to, hear this, words you speak that are going to confront the spiritual rulers in that region. You're not going to do it flippantly. But the Lord says, I am releasing the flame of my word through your mouth. So, God, we thank you that, Lord, souls will be saved. But, God, uh, neighborhoods, I think the Lord's saying it's going to start with neighborhoods being transformed. I don't know if this is something you all do or not, but it's almost like I see a map of the, the city and the region going beyond just Sarasota proper. And it's almost like the Lord says, I'm going to target key neighborhoods or blocks or intersections.
And I don't know that it's going to be the whole team, but they're going to be key things. So you're going to do warfare, yes, in the spirit. You're going to pray, declare, all this. But along with all of our prayers and prophecies, you're going to also be released as a church to declare the gospel where others hear in those very specific places. So, Lord, we thank you that they will be aflame and people will come aside and hear the word of the Lord. Words of knowledge out on the streets. Not just one-on-one, that's awesome, but even from the platform of the microphone. God, we thank you for the days that are ahead for them. Lord, for our pastors and for this house. We pray that this would be a year and a season of the burning bush and Elijah's fire. Lord, bless Brian and Bran with tokens. Bless this church with tokens of your pleasure, tokens of your favor. But God, we don't just thank you for the token. May we have ears to hear the message behind that token, that blessing. God, we declare that no matter what the enemy has planned against any of our lives, or this church, Lord, we will not allow fear to come. Even when it surprises us, we will laugh in the face of the enemy, for our God has given us victory. God, we pray that you would bless and release. And, Brent, I just sense the Lord saying, you know, here on your birthday, the Lord just, I believe, is saying this, um, the dreams of yesteryear that you wrote down, um, it, it's almost like, I don't know if you, you do anything with this. It's almost like the Lord says, don't just revisit them. Don't just pray them. But it's almost like the Lord says, um, um, fill in the details. It, it's almost like the Lord, I, it's, I, I don't know if you do any kind of art or painting or anything like that. Um, but it's almost like a stick figure and of, of the dream of yesteryear. And God says, now put the colors to it and the details to it because that's where your faith is going to rest. And that's what I'm going to fulfill. So, God, we thank you individually and corporately. Lord, the dreams and promises of yesterday, we're going to put our faith now into filling in the detail as you give it and then believe for that detailed promise to come to pass. So, Lord, we pray for a fresh fire. God, upon our pastors and, Lord, upon each of our lives, And, Lord, would you release us as people of deliverance. Lord, we take back our identity. We are sons and daughters. We are the ecclesia, the called out ones of governmental authority. We take back our vitality. We say the joy of the Lord is our strength. We will run and not grow. We will walk and not faint. We take back our destiny, not just survival, but more than conquerors. That the kingdom of God would be released and established in us and through us. And Lord, we take back our legacy. We say that our children and our grandchildren and the generations to come, God, they will be blessed. And they will not come under the deception of the enemy. But God, even in the Schemes and Lord, even in the systems of deception, they will turn around and be deliverers. So, Lord, we thank you that this is a time and an invitation to encounter a fresh fire of revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. Take a seat for a moment. Pastor's going to come. And then the worship team, or sorry, the, uh, the, the ministry team is going to join me. We're going to do some ministry around these altars. One thing I did sense the Lord saying when we come up here in a few moments is I felt the Lord saying there's going to be healing and deliverance from long-standing illness. Um, and the way the Lord put it.
Amen. The way, the way the Lord put it to me is this. He said um, impurities and toxicity, especially in our bodies, are going to be burned away by the fire of God. And then one, one other thing with that, I, I sense the Lord saying there are people with nerve pain and problems, especially a burning sensation of pain in the nerves, and God's fire is going to replace that burning sensation. So it, when we get ready to pray, if you need healing in that or other areas, come as well. Pastor? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I feel like we need to lift up a praise to the Lord right now. Yeah, put your faith out there. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Russ, thank you for your obedience to the Lord. I want our ushers to come tonight. We want to sow specifically into Russ and Kim's ministry. If you need an offering envelope, lift your hand high. Lift your hand high so we can serve you. If you're writing a check tonight, you write it simply to victory. 100% of this offering will go to them and so much more. And so, so generously, ask the Lord what he would have you to give tonight. Just be obedient to that. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're about ready to transition again after this offering. It's only 8.30. <laughs> Cody, would you come join me too, buddy? <clears throat> we're going to open up the altars. We want to minister to so many. Pray for everyone who has need. There's going to be he healings and miracles tonight. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for sowing. Listen, never, never, ever despise any gift that you may sow. You may be sitting here and be like, Lord, I've got $17 in my pocket. Oh, my gosh. Sow it. Sow it in faith. Sow it in faith. Thank you, God. Father, <clears throat> I want to thank you for us and for Kim and Shekinah, Lord. Thank you so much for the Kleins, for these gifts, Lord, to us, to your body. Lord, I pray in 2023 that you will bless the, the Klein family in this ministry in extraordinary, abundant ways. That, Lord, that just not needs are met, but they have such a surplus, more than enough in every facet that they need. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go right ahead. Serve the people. And um, Eric or uh, George, if you'll come and just remove the pulpit for me and just put, put it on the, uh, the stage there. I'd like our altar team to prepare themselves, get ready to come. We're going to begin to pray for those that have needs tonight. I want to give some direction to that. Are you glad you came tonight? Me too. <laughs> Me too. 
I'm going to come back next week. I like this church. I'm going to be here. I like it. <laughs> Praise God. We want to begin to move in ministry to those that need a healing in their body tonight, specifically those words that Russ uh, called out. I want you to just, just go at that again. Let's give definition. Identify that. Let's begin to pray for them. Then all else that want prayer, I want our, our prayer team to come now and join us here. Thanks, Pastor. Thank you for your giving. Thank you. We want to pray very specifically first for healing miracles. Um, now, I felt the Lord speak, uh, again, uh, revelationally, specific things we're going to start with. And that is long-standing illness, especially that has to do with impurities in the system, toxicity in the system. Um, potentially, as I was praying, um, I, I felt almost like possibly one or more, you either ingested or inhaled something at one point uh, that has somehow damaged something in the body. But if you know that there are impurities, toxicity, or some kind of uh, uh, ingestion, inhalation of something that damaged something inside of you, if you recognize that's something you need healing from, wave at me. Okay? Would you all stand that have that? And would you get ready? Would you come on up and find a place up here? And, and we're going to pray for you in just a moment. Again, it was impurities. Uh, one of the things I saw, impurities that could be in the blood. It could be blood impurities. It could be the impurities that are in um, uh, uh, the, the, the cellular system. But it was like toxicities, impurities, and some kind of poisonings that had happened. Um, and, and God wants to bring a touch of healing there. As, as you identify that and come, secondly, was nerve problems, physical nerve problems, where the pain in the physical nerve feels like it's a burning or a flame, and God wants to replace that flame with a fire of a spirit. If that's you, wave at me, okay? Would you all come as well? And, and go ahead, and, and, and we're going to, all of us pray together. We're going to start there and, and pray for those things. Would you take just a moment um, as we get ready to pray? Just worship the Lord with me for a moment, if you would. Just worship the Lord for a moment. Pray in the Spirit. We're going to release the, 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 the fire of God to do his work, to burn away impurities and toxicities and poisonings, to uh, replace the burning of injured nerves with the burning of the Lord. Come, mighty God. Lord, we pray that you uh, bring to life. Several, several years ago um, in Venice, Florida, uh, we, we had a, a, a situation where God had given a word that God was going to restore lungs. Um, we didn't know about it until three years later. There was someone there that had, was on a lung transplant list, and God literally gave them brand new lungs. Um, just and, and I, for whatever reason, that seems to be going over in my heart again. If you or a family member um, has diseased lungs, I don't mean just you know a, a little bit hard to breathe. Diseased lungs. I want you to to come and join us as well, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We're going to pray here, and then we're going to move into other dimensions of healing. Would you stretch your hands toward these that are up here, believing for the healing touch of God? You can stand. You can sit however you're comfortable. Lord, we thank you. Your healing virtue is flowing even now. Your healing virtue is flowing even now. Miracle wonders in Jesus' name. Miracle wonders. Kitarahi taraha kateya. There's a flame that burns in me that the world will never change. There's a flame that burns in me. His name is... 